Yeah, hello. Welcome to uh, today's episode of Juicing the Numbers, your statistics in sports podcast. I am your host, Joshua Tracy. And I am Paul Miller. Fuck you, Dan. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> that's fucking funny. Uh, yeah, welcome, welcome to the show today. Uh, there's, a, there's a whole bunch of shit going on. Welcome to the shit Yeah, bunny. It is a... It is, December 9th, uh, 2020, just about 7 p.m. here on the East Coast. And uh, there's a whole bunch of little shit going on in the world of sports today. Nothing gigantic. Uh, a few things we will be griping about, a few things that we're excited about. So we're just going to kind of move through it. So Corwin, you ready to get into it? Yes, sir. So we, Corwin, I figured we'd start with the NHL today because we never talk about the NHL today. And we try talking about the NHL like a week or two ago, and um, the reality of the situation was we just didn't have all of the facts. So more shit has come to light, man, about... Fuck you, Dan. About um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> about what the 2021 NHL season will look like. So uh, let's talk about it. So the NHL has come out, or I guess Gary Bettman or whatever arm he chooses to use to extend himself like this, and said that the... Uh, NHL training camp is due to start on January 3rd, with the actual season starting January 13th. So we'll, we'll I, that to me sounds like there won't be any preseason games, uh, which isn't the biggest deal. We basically just went through that with the NFL. Um, so, eh. Uh, and then from there on out, it'll be a 56-game season. Um. And it will be structured differently with alignment. Uh, but first, I guess let's just make brief discussion of the 56-game season. That's actually 16 fewer games than the NBA is having. Um, does that mean anything to you? I mean, it means something to me because of the you know specific changes and the specific you know you know shortened season for statistics and for what we're going to discuss and just you know having a smaller sample size to kind of handle the playoffs and and the teams themselves but as far as the overall effect on competitiveness no i'm not you know concerned and i'm not concerned well i'm pleasantly surprised to see that they are willing to shorten season to you know keep everything I guess together would be the best way to put it. Uh, yeah, I... It's, uh, they, I... I guess it would be a focus on safety. You know? I don't know. I, I think it's more so than anything else, the NHL trying to end the season on normal end-of-season time so that they can start the following season when it when when the NHL season usually starts, you know what I mean, right? Because I, yeah, I I really think that's because I that's got to be all there is to it. I I just can't imagine why else shorten the season. Because that's probably what the NBA is doing too. I think t- knocking off ten games almost feels a little bit silly, but I'm sure they have their scheduling reasons for why that math works out for them. Um, because at some point. Because, you know, if both leagues played their full 82-game seasons, they'd still they'd end up ending in, I don't know, uh, late July, early August instead of June. And I'm sure that they just don't want that. So that they can start the following season at the normal time in October instead of starting it. And what will end up having to be like November or December, just elongating this slight reset back to normal that they've got going on here. So I mean, yeah, I'm sure you could also give other reasonable explanations, or we could talk about, you know, the crazy shit that they're trying to pull, keeping everything around and whatnot. You know what? Just you know, Gary Bettman is collecting those sixteen extra checks. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I wouldn't fucking put it past him. Ah, fuck every commissioner except Adam Silver. Um, we should we should get into basketball this year, just so we could talk about Adam Silver more. 
Uh, that seems to be a pretty good reason. Gotta say, I, I have a lot of respect for him, especially in comparison to how garbage the other commissioners are and how easy he makes looking like not an asshole. Uh, being. It really is quite something. Uh, so the yeah. NHL is also doing um, a, a, a geographical alignment uh, for divisions to cut down on travel, or at least that's what I'm assuming the reason is. Could I have read more articles about this? Yes. Did I care? No. Um, so the NHL is switching away from its standard six divisions with two conferences into just uh, four divisions. And the divisions will be structured as such. Division A will be Boston Bruins, Buffalo Sabres, Jersey Devils, New York Islanders, New York Rangers, Philadelphia Flyers, Pittsburgh Penguins, and Washington Capitals. These are the teams that are all in the Northeast and very geographically close to each other. A lot of these teams are in this division anyway. This is basically the Metro. Um, but with the addition of the Sabres and Bruins and with the axing off of a couple of the teams that don't matter. Fuck you, Hurricanes. Um, so, yeah, I mean, do, do you do you make anything of it? This sounds right. It does. I'm actually trying to... What what side are you on looking at the actual breakdown of the Super Divisions? So I'm trying to just be able to look at it. <laughs> I'm on sportingnews.com slash US slash NHL slash news. I sent you a link. <laughs> Thank God. So I, I was like, I opened up my like search bar to start typing that, and just was like, I I don't want to, I don't want to do that. Literally never heard that. of this website before. So yeah, yeah. Sporting news. Uh, I've used it before. I've never used it before. Um, it's not. It's like a C tier sporting website. Oh, I can tell by the layout, but it has the information I'm looking for right now, and it'll do. Yep. All right, that brings us to the second division, which is like a weird combination of the Southern teams and the Midwestern teams, which I get because how else would you have really done it? Those teams aren't near each other, and there aren't enough of them in either region to fully... You'll see what I mean. Uh, the Carolina Hurricanes, the Columbus Blue Jackets, Florida Panthers, St. Louis Blues, Chicago Blackhawks, Detroit Red Wings, Nashville Predators, and the Tampa Bay Lightning make up Division B. So you got all the Southern teams, the two um, Florida teams, uh, fucking Tennessee and uh, Carolina. Then you've got the Midwestern teams with Detroit, Chicago, Ohio, and uh, Missouri. So, again, a lot of these teams play each other anyway. This isn't like a huge stretch, but yeah. Yeah, again, it's just kind of like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. You know, Chicago's with some new teams i don't know it's it's what it is yeah i mean you know as long as long really my thing is i i actually corbin and i have talked about this on the show before about how the the way the nhl schedules out their season is ridiculously stupid because they only have teams play other teams within that their division four or five times a season out of an 82-game season, and that's just not how you build rivalry. Um, that sucks. That's not fun. You know, the Yankees will play the Red Sox 19 times a year, which is over 10% of their schedule. Uh, the, 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 the Jets will play the Patriots twice a year, which is over 10% of their schedule. The Rangers will play the Penguins five times a year, which is... Less than 10. Like it is, it's not a significant portion of their year. And that makes it lamer. Yeah. I mean, I would love to, you know, as a Pens fan, be able to play the, the Capitals eight times a year. I'd love to be able to see the Rangers eight times a year. And, you know, I don't like, I get the complaints with baseball about how like oh the Yankees never get to play the Padres or you know you just don't get to see some matchups and you know if the two of us are friends and want to go see that game together that big rivalry game together we don't really have the option to do so which it stinks like not being able to have that tradition every year but it 
really would make a larger difference to have those stronger rivalries, to be able to build on those rivalries. And, and I'm not saying that they don't have strong rivalries already. You know, Penn's Capitals, Penn's Flyers games are going to be intense no matter what. But at the same time, I think it would have a larger impact if we got more. And why should we have that? Yeah, I, I mean, the, the Rangers' biggest rivalries, as it stands right now, the way I see it, um, is Islanders and and Devils. And not because either of those teams are good, which, you know, the Islanders are now entering and have, have been in for a couple seasons now, a period of being good. The Devils haven't really been good in a while, in a while pretty pretty much since Brodeur left. Um, well, that's being a little bit unfair, but fuck. Fuck the Devils. Um, but the only reason that those teams are like rivalrous or you know, the fan bases getting each other's grills a little bit is because of the geographic proximity. You know, like the Rangers and Islanders share a town. A lot of Rangers fans exist in Devils country down in Jersey, one small leap away. And a lot of Devils fans live in Rangers territory because, again, they border. New York fucking borders New Jersey. Sorry, New York City, like not even just the state, like the city and New Jersey share borders. It's very close. And despite the fact that like the, uh, I keep wanting to say the Pirates, the Penguins have been much better over the past decade than the Devils have been or the Islanders, I'd still consider those two to be the bigger rivals because there's more opportunity to get each other's face. And that's what playing other teams does for you is it puts you in direct uh, conversation with and opposition to other fan bases, and that's what's going to make you feel more passionate about your rivalry. And the fact that you know the um, Yankees and and the fucking Red Sox are four hours apart doesn't matter in that rivalry because they see each other all the time, and there's plenty of opportunity for either fan base to get the other one's goat when you're seeing them nearly 20 fucking times a year. And when you don't see the Pittsburgh Penguins more than four to five times a season of the regular season, do you care if they're good outside of them preventing you from getting to the playoffs some seasons or knocking you out, which any team can do? No, they're just a regular team at that point. Mm -hmm. So anyway, that is a huge digression. Um, I am glad that Division B has both Detroit and Chicago in it. I think that's going to be super fun getting those two teams playing each other again. So that's something to look forward to. Yeah. Uh, Division C, our final American division, will be the Anaheim Ducks, the Colorado Avalanche, the Los Angeles Kings, the San Jose Sharks, the Arizona Coyotes. Sorry. Uh, the Dallas Stars, the Minnesota Wild, and the Vegas Golden Knights. So now we have all the West Coast teams and Minnesota and Dallas. Uh, but again, where the fuck are you going to put those teams? So, uh, yeah, yeah th- th- this is basically already a division. So, uh, I, I, yeah, no, nothing. I feel, like, I feel like this is going to be the least competitive division. Just looking at all of these together. I don't know. I just feel like the Avalanche are multiple tiers above the Sharks and above the Knights, and nobody... Uh, I guess the Stars as well. They were in the Stanley Cup this year. Yeah, the uh, Stars will be good. The Avalanche will be good. The Knights are selling, which I don't get, but whatever. The Wild will never be good. Let's get that clear. Um, the Kings probably won't be good. The Ducks are on the decline. I... I don't know what the Sharks are, and they don't know what they are, so that team's going to be 500. And then who the fuck knows with Arizona, man? Yep. Arizona's one of those teams that could be an instant competitive team or, you know, contending team, or could maintain their inability to do really anything. Yeah, they're like the Cincinnati Reds of hockey. <laughs> That's mean. True, but mean. Oh, very true, except the Reds were actually really good for a, a long stretch in their early years, whereas Arizona is a hapless wasteland, but whatever. You know, the Reds <laughs> had Pete Rose. The Coyotes have had Clayton Keller. 
Uh, and hey, they have Taylor Hall now. Don't forget. Don't you forget it. <laughs> How have they not gotten the first overall pick yet? It's really astonishing. Let's go Rangers. Um, all right, that brings us to the Canadian division, which will be the Calgary Flames, the Edmonton Oilers, the Montreal Canadiens, the Ottawa Senators, the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Vancouver Canucks, and the Winnipeg Jets. So basically, if you knew which teams were in Canada, yeah, that's the division. Uh, <laughs> um, this will also probably be a pretty boring division. I imagine this yeah. is going to be um, either the Canucks-Flames division to lose. Maybe the Leafs decide to be good again this season. It's been confusing. Just could, come out, say. You know, just could come out and content. Uh, technically, I guess. If Pat- Patrick Lannick could still be good. Um, he may- just needs to stop playing Fortnite, right? Yeah, right? yeah. And, uh, and Carey Price needs to not be hurt. And Ottawa needs to spend money. And Edmonton needs to learn how to get players producing that are not named Connor McDavid. Um, hey, they have uh, Leon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Dry Saddle is going to be the savior of this team. Uh, I'm sorry. This man just won MVP, right? Wait, did he? Oh, uh, he did. Who am I thinking of? Who was the big uh, money pit on the Oilers? The big money. They, 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 the Oilers had somebody. Maybe this was a couple years ago now, with like a huge contract that just like, uh, wasn't doing shit. Was it the uh, their bruiser? Was I don't know guy? why I can't think of this. Uh, Milan Lucic. Ah, yeah, Lucic. Yeah, he was getting paid a fuck ton, wasn't he? Oh, he's not even on this team anymore. No, but he was getting paid a lot of money. Like, too much money, right? Yeah. Uh, let's yeah. see. Let's look up his contract, because now I want to know. Boy, so that in, was a quick search. A seven-year, $42 million contract. God. <laughs> Why? Well, yeah, so he was on Calgary last season, but the season before that, uh, the 2018-2019 season, his last year with the Oilers, um, he had... 20 points? Yeah. Yeah. And in, in, in 79 games, he played almost a full, you know, he played, he played a full season. Um, That was eighth on the Oilers. That's not good. He had fewer points than Zach Cassian. <laughs> Darnell Nurse had double the points. Oh, uh, we don't talk about that. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Wow. We haven't talked about hockey in forever. I haven't paid attention to hockey in forever. Well, I mean, it w- hockey and, and, and basketball both had the weird thing where it's like they were gone forever. You know, they were gone for like three, four months, and then they came back just for the playoffs. And then, you know, the Rangers got eliminated like immediately, which was fine. We got the first overall pick. I'm not mad. Um, but like then I was just and then it felt like it was gone just as quickly as it came. So it feels like I really haven't watched hockey for like the last year because we basically haven't. No, I definitely get that. Anyway. Oh, I miss it. I'm ready for it. Yeah, I, I actually think this is a really fun setup. And I really, really hope that the NHL kind of takes us as an opportunity to maybe consider redoing the divisions because I, I'm really, I'm, I am not, a Red Wings nor Blackhawks fan, I'm excited to have those teams playing each other again. That's one of the... Yeah. I can't believe they're in different conferences. That's one of the most fun old-school hockey rivalries. It's stupid that they're not in the same division. It's fun that they're going to be. I'm looking forward to it. I would very much be for larger um conferences like this or even just keeping the ones that we have here i mean the bruins would be a, a fun addition to the metro um you know the sabers are, i don't know i i would enjoy having jack eichel here but at the same time the buffalo sabers do not move the needle for me i think it could be a lot of fun and i don't know exactly how consolidating these divisions would really fuck with 
uh, excuse me, the competitive nature of, you know, the balance of it all, but at the same time, how much is that seriously going to fuck with the actual culture of the league itself? But, you know, we're here. Might as well try it out. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, we'll see what the NHL wants to do, but I really hope this is a they see this as an opportunity instead of just strictly out of convenience. But, uh, so yeah, so that's what's going on with the NHL. So start date, uh, just about a little over a month away. And, uh, we'll take it from fucking there, man. See a whole new Ranger squad. Uh, now Corwin on to more exciting news. Um, really high stakes shit going on in the NFL. The giants, and Washington are tied for control of the NFC East after two upsets, two away upsets with the Giants somehow beating Seattle in Seattle and Washington somehow beating Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh to each claim their fifth fifth win of the season pulling an additional game over uh, Philadelphia, now in a distant third with their 292 win percent. And each of the the, uh, Giants and Washington holding a lofty 417 win percent. Um, Giants and Browns just got flexed into the night game for this Sunday. And exciting stuff happening in the NFC East. What make you of all this? Uh, I mean, we all knew it was coming with the Steelers. I mean, every Steelers fan knew at some point they were going to have their inevitable loss where they play down to the skills of a truly embarrassing team, which is what we have here. Um, I'm not necessarily surprised. I'm disappointed, but I am also looking forward to not having the pressure of being an undefeated team. Um, especially going this deep into the season, getting rid of that distraction. So all things together, I'm pretty indifferent on this loss. That being said, I am most upset that we are getting closer and closer away from a team with a losing record making the playoffs. And while it's still both, honestly, at this point, likely and still extremely probable, um, I really want that to happen, like, really fucking bad. So, don't fuck this up, guys. Come on. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny. Right after the loss, I was uh, talking to Kel about how I was considering a strategy of just betting small amounts against the, the Steelers because they'd always be favoring all their games. Um, and winning, you know, every game of the season is just statistically so improbable that they were just mm-hmm. so likely to lose a stupid game Again, not due to anything skill-wise, just because going undefeated is so fucking dumb that no one, no, there's a reason only two teams have done an undefeated regular season in NFL history, despite all of the great teams. It's stupid hard. Um, and then yeah. I decided not to do it on the first on this week because I was like, well, the Steelers could beat the Redskins or um, Washington, and then fell into the exact trap of what my strategy was, and then I didn't bet on it. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, this is, it's hard. It's very hard. Yeah. Well, uh, it was an ugly game all around, but so have most of the games that the Steelers have played this season, so it happens. Well, injury and COVID is a bitch. But, so, looking looking forward, um, as it stands right now, the uh, Washington team has four games remaining with those games being against the Niners, uh, against the Seahawks, the Panthers, and the Eagles. So, because I am so curious how this is going to shake it. So really, uh, unless one of these teams either runs the table and wins out to go 9-7, and seven, or goes 3-1 and one to finish 8-8, eight and eight, they will finish under 500. Uh, and I just want to see where we where we can project them out to be. So let's start with with Washington, um, Washington, San Francisco. Who you got in San Fran? San Fran. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 
I I don't I actually don't know. They have played so below their own skill level, despite the injuries. I want this to happen, but at the same time, I, I really just I need to see Washington lose, and I really truly expect uh, San Francisco, excuse me, to be able to do that. So San Francisco has won five games. They won both their games against the Rams? Yeah, they're a weird team, man. That is so so they beat the Giants and the Jets early in the season. It's like, yeah, that makes sense. Then they lost to the Eagles, and that was weird at the time. <clears throat> um the loss to the Dolphins doesn't look as confusing in retrospect. Beating the Rams is weird. Beating the Patriots at that point in time is whatever. Um and lost three straight losses to the Seahawks, Packers, and Saints. What is this team? Um, this is a team that I think the the Niners should win, but who knows? Um, what about Washington, Seattle, at home? Oh, Seattle all the way. Yeah, it's got to be. They they can't lose to both these NFC's teams like this. Um, all right, so we'll we'll chalk the Niners game up as a loss. So so far we're zero and two here in the in the stretch. What about um, uh, Washington Panthers at home? Ooh, that I'll give to Washington. Really, any any defining reason as to why? Um, I don't see them, you know, as well as they've been playing lately. Uh, you know, the Panthers have been up and down all season. Their defense is still up and down. Their offense is still very much up and down. So uh, I, th- I think Washington will pull this uh, game out. Okay. Uh, and then they close their season on the road against Philadelphia. I think I'm going to take Philadelphia here. I think the Jalen Hurts show is going to stick around throughout the rest of the season. I think, you know, he's going to be in a mindset to improve every week, and I think he's only going to get better every week. That's a, you know, sidebar prediction right there. Um, So I think, you know, final game of the season, week 17, I think Jalen Hurts puts on a show beats the Washington football team. I I am I'm not confident about this game. So in part Washington has been playing really really solid football for the past 3 weeks, which is very nice, but their last 3 weeks have been um Cincinnati after losing um uh fucking Joe Burrow, Dallas and the very hurt Steelers. And mm. while beating the Steelers is still an accomplishment, it is an undefeated team. I understand all that. Um, it's a beat-up team, and it's their only really mildly impressive win of the season. They beat Philadelphia for in Week 1. They beat Dallas in Week 7. Cincinnati, again, after they lost to Dobro. Dallas again, and then they lucked into a, a win against the Steelers. I'm not sure how much I buy this team. At the same time, the the Eagles fucking suck. Oh my god. And I <laughs> I mean like holy shit they're bad. And while I am absolutely rooting for Jalen Hurts because if you listen to this podcast you know Corbin and I are always rooting for the players no matter what. It is it's tough being a rookie QB and I just don't know. He is such an unknown quantity right now. Knowing what he might look like week 17, or also what the Eagles are planning on doing with the whole Carson Wentz situation due to the draft status and the contract status and all those factors. I mean, that team is so in flux that if you told me they won out the rest of the season on the back of this quarterback change and, Jalen Hurts was the next coming. All right. I mean, why not? Like, he had some really, really impressive throws the other day. Uh, and if you told me that he got raked over the coals the next three weeks, four weeks, and they didn't win a single game and they didn't score more than twice, I'd go, okay. I, I mean, there, there's there's nothing in this team for, for me to make a definitive call on it. So I still want to give this to Washington based on nothing but recency bias. but. 
I mean, my God, this is – it's going to be a shit show. I can't wait. All right. So I'm really you, looking forward to it. So you have them going one and three. I have yeah. them going two and two. So best case scenario is my scenario where they finish the season seven and nine. Let's go and take a look at the Giants and see how they're doing to close out their season. So the Giants have coming up a home game against the Cardinals. Thoughts? I have the Cardinals here. Uh, Easy. Yeah, I, I don't have this as being a, a... I think it'll be a competitive game, sure. Um, but I don't think it'll be a, a, a big upset here. Um, the only way I could see this really being a factor is if the Giants' defense really keeps it rolling since we did a dive... I don't want to say deep dive, but we did a dive into Carson Wentz a little bit um, a week or two ago, and we discovered that Kyler Murray is having a pretty shit season when it comes to accuracy. Um, and the Giants' defensive front has actually been doing kind of okay recently, which is a surprise. Um, if that ends up holding up and the Cardinals drop a weird one here, I could see it being, being on the back of that. Um, I still don't think the Giants are going to win, but Arizona's been, I mean, they're six and six. They have been a weird team this year. Um, they're coming off of three straight losses, four out of their last five. It's been a bad stretch. Mm-hmm. So I, I have no idea. Um, like they haven't allowed fewer than 20 points since week six. Um, that's not good. At the same time, the Giants haven't scored more than 20 points since week 10. <laughs> so, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'm going to decide with you and probably call this a loss for the boys in blue. But, man, this game could be a really underrated shit show. Oh, absolutely. Which brings us to uh, Giants-Browns. Oh, man, I have the Browns all the way. Yeah, I think this is a much safer pick for the Browns than, than the Cardinals. Get. Well, I mean, the Browns are 9-3. and three. Obviously, they're good this year. So, yeah, um, I think we're in, in accord on that. Uh, Giants at Baltimore against the Ravens. Again, uh, Baltimore and I don't think this is going to be necessarily a a close game. No, no, neither I do I. Baltimore comes comes back and focuses up second half of the season and uh, figures it out. Yeah, I, I just think it's a much less of a stress of a stretch to say that Baltimore will put it together than the Giants will, especially in respect to these two teams' true talent levels, which I know is kind of a lazy excuse here, but at the same time, we've seen Baltimore be a very, very good team. And we have seen the Giants go on a four-week stretch in which they beat Washington, Philadelphia, Cincinnati, and then one weird win against Seattle. Um, and again, much like we just said with uh, – not to put words in your mouth – much as I just said in regards to Washington's fluky win over the Steelers, um, yeah, being Seattle's really cool. The rest of your wins are against garbage teams. So what does that really say? Uh, all right, then last game of the season at home against the Cowboys. Oh, I imagine this is going to be a close game just because of the nature of a, a Week 17 chance to knock the Giants out of the playoffs kind of game. Uh, definitely a, a competitive in-conference rivalry game, but I just cannot imagine the Cowboys beating the Giants. I just can't. So you're going for the Gigantes there as well? I'm going for the Gigantes. All right, so that means that you got them going one and three, which is the exact same record you had Washington going. That would be correct. Now, because the Giants beat Washington twice, I would imagine that would mean that the Giants would go to the playoffs. It would, yes. So I I have the playoff predictor website up and I'm looking at it and the Giants would win that tiebreaker with a four and two division record versus 
Washington football team's three and three. So they would advance to the playoffs. They would be advancing at six and ten. Hey, man. Can't all be successful. (laughs) Oh, man. They worked hard for those six wins. Jesus. So I don't know how you've been looking through all this, if you're also using Playoff Predictor, but I have completed the rest of the season. What have my predicted playoff scenario? Which we can go through, or you know, you could catch up if you want. I don't know how you want to do it, but no, go for it. We could definitely discuss these matchups. Do you want to start with the AFC? Sure. So I have the Steelers finishing fourteen and two, a tied record with the Chiefs fourteen and two, but because of I believe division record, the Steelers would advance on a uh, that technicality. Uh, so they would be the one AFC, te- AFC team to have a bye week, which would leave a matchup between the number four seed Titans and the number five seed Browns. Who would you have in this matchup? Uh, I, I, oh, I don't like it. The Browns? Yeah, that's what I did too. I think the Browns, as much as it pains us all to admit, I think they are a much better team at this point in the season than the Titans are. I don't know about much better. I think they would pull off the win, though. Uh, yeah, I'm there. Um, cut out a little bit, so I assume you're done talking at this point. So yes, I'm I gonna... am. All you, buddy. Uh, number three seed Bills versus the number six seed Dolphins. Uh, I personally would have the Bills advancing here. Josh, what say you? God, I hate the fact the Bills are actually good because I don't think... I I, I can't get that mental block out of my mind that says that they are. Uh, But probably the Bills. They've just played more consistent football. The Dolphins have, have played good football this season, but not nearly the consistency that the Bills have. So, just for reference, I have the Bills finishing 12-4. and four. I have the Dolphins finishing 11-5. and five. Wow. Yeah, I don't know where that came from, but it's the way it worked out. So, fucking A, man. And then to close out, we have a rematch of last year's AFC Championship game. The two-seed Chiefs going 14-2 and two versus the seven-seed Ravens going 10-6. and six. I mean, Chiefs all the way. And I wouldn't say it's a question. Nope. So that takes us to the NFC, where the 13-3 and Green Bay Packers take the bye, which leaves us with a 4-seed Giants versus a 5-seed Los Angeles Rams. I mean, the Rams, this meme can't continue forever. And there's no chance the one I give the Giants a zero percent chance to win that game. That will not come back to bite me in the ass. I promise you that. I give them a twenty-five percent chance of winning that game. I refuse to give them anywhere close to that number. Even though I know zero percent is a meme, I, there's no way they get twenty-five percent chance to be in the play. I'm I'm not trying to be controversial. This is a genuine take. I genuinely would give the, the Giants a 25% chance of winning that game. All right. I now hope this matchup happens so that we can take odds. Excuse me. Oh, my God. So Fuck next up, we have the three seed Seahawks. I know. I, I hate it. I hate yelling on the pod, too. But I know. Number three Seahawks versus the number six Buccaneers. Oh, before we go there, I should say the Giants will be finishing 6-10 and 10 while the Rams... Finishing second in the division, finish 11 and 5. So we have the three seed Seahawks, which go 12 and 4 through the regular season against the six seed Buccaneers, who finish 10 and 6. Who do you got here? Probably still the Seahawks. Fuck the Bucks. Yeah, I, I think uh, Russ gets it done over Tom. I have the Seahawks advancing. 
Uh, and then finally, in the NFC, we have the two-seed Saints, which finished also 13-3, versus the seven-seed Cardinals, who finished 9-7. and seven. I have to take it. I mean, uh, yeah. as much as I yeah. love the chance, you know, love the ability of the Cardinals to be able to pull off an upset, I think the Saints are too complete. Uh, agreed. And Breeze should be back in full form by that point, yes? I don't know about full form, but I would say he will be back. Highly accurate check down King form? Absolutely. There we go. Um, so, do you want to move on to a possible division matchup? Yeah, sure. Let's keep it rolling. All right. In the AFC, we have the two-seed Chiefs facing off against the three-seed Bills. I have the Chiefs here. Uh, I would as well. I still don't think the, the, the Bills are anywhere near the Chiefs level. So Yeah, I just think the Chiefs are just too Plus, again, the Bills have been padding their stats this season against the Jets, the underperforming Patriots, um, and several of the other low-life, terrible teams that exist in the AFC. So... Yeah, very true. Uh, so then that leaves us with the Browns and the Steelers. I'm going the Steelers here. Call me biased, but... Um, it's tough. I'm going to need to see how the Steelers react to having all the fucking injuries that they've had. And so far, they've played okay. But, I mean, you've been watching these games. They haven't played their best football these last two or three weeks. Um, <laughs> so, I... Um, might, I might tentatively say the Browns here as long as they don't suffer any more large-scale injury. Yeah, but I would say the Steelers do play the Browns very well. And, you know, I've, they already beat them once this season. I think they have a pretty damn good chance of beating them a second and then a third time. Um, and as crazy as that sounds against the team that's played so well, uh, I think that is... Even if the Steelers do split uh, the regular season, I think the, the record the past couple of years would show the Steelers are a better team when these two match up. Okay. I, I, I do not disagree. All right. So that leaves us with the NFC with the number two seed Saints taking on the number three seed Seahawks. God damn it. Um, Oh, I really want to see Breeze get there, so I kind of want to pick the Saints. But at the same time, Russell Wilson, I think, is obviously the better quarterback between him and Drew Breeze at this point. But the Seahawks keep losing stupid games like the Giants. So I guess I'll pick this the Saints still because at least they've been more consistent. You know, I I will give you that. But I think uh, I think some high-flying offense late pushes the Seahawks ahead, I'm going to take them over the Saints. Okay. I do not disagree. This is going to be a tough one. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think this would be the matchup of the week uh, if this is how this all ended up. Uh, which leaves us with the final game, the number one seed Packers versus the number five seed Los Angeles Rams. Pack. Yeah, pack all the way. All right, let, let, we we have disagreed at some points here as to who we think we'd win would would win. So let's leave it there, and, okay. and let let the mystery unfold as the more of the weeks go on. Fine, Bobby. Uh all right, and that or that now being a discussion we've had, or however I'm supposed to word that. Um, so. Let's talk about two confusing things that have happened in the NFL, and let's start with the fact that the Jets fired Greg Williams. Um, hey, how do so, we think about this? Well, let's put some context behind it first, because that just adds to why I'm confused. Um, so the Jets were, were winning. Hey, look, they're winning. Um, they were winning, and no one was happy about it. Um, Raiders fans weren't happy about it. Jets fans weren't happy about it. No one was happy about it. But there the Jets were, leading by four points with, I don't know, something like 30, 15 seconds left on the clock. Raiders had the ball uh, on the Jets. 
I don't know, 40-yard line, some shit like that. Far enough away, they weren't kicking a field goal. They were going for the Hail Mary. And Greg Williams rushed eight and sent three guys back all into single coverage, including single coverage on a guy by the name of Henry Ruggs, who is the fastest wide receiver in the league. Um, Derek Carr threw him a touchdown, uh, threw him a pass since he was in single coverage and very fast. And he used his speed to get separation on the cornerback uh, that was covering him and take it to the house for a touchdown that walked off the game as, clock, as the clock expired, um, therefore beating the Jets uh, 31-28. And because of that call by Greg Williams of sending eight, when in theory he could have just dropped everybody back, as you typically see in those types of instances, because you would rather give up field and burn clock than give up than just give up the literally the one play that would have lost the game basically um and he didn't do it and it was seen as a as a call of hubris i choose to think of it as martyrdom uh, <laughs> but apparently this irritated um adam gase who claims and i want to talk about this too who claims he was talking with a different coordinator about something else and didn't notice the call and I want to start there first. Get Adam Gase the is the head coach of a team that at the time was 0-11. You are winning in, in a game for once with like 30 seconds on the clock. What are you talking about? That isn't that play. And with whom? Where are you talking? Yeah, you're talking to the offensive coordinator? Why would your offense be going on the field here? Why would you expect that? Why This should be all out on defense. You should be focused 100% on defense. The best excuse he could have given, and I will say excuse, was, hey, Greg Williams is a defensive coordinator. I'm not a defensive coach. I have no right to, like, hey, I'll give my thought as the head coach, but you know what? When it comes down to it, that's his decision. Uh, Maybe no. At the end of it, it should be his decision, but he defers to Greg Williams. That's what I'm saying. This is a weird, weird excuse to use because you're right. The easy way out would have been, I I have nothing but faith in Greg Williams. He thought this was the right play for for this. Um, I don't know this package, or he would have thought this was the right play for this situation, and um. While I questioned it, he is my defensive coordinator, and I put my support behind him and his play calling responsibilities, um, which is garbage. But hey, at least it's worded nice and kind of makes sense to some extent. Um, and no, he said he was having a different conversation with somebody else about something that wasn't what was happening on the field, which for any play would be weird, right? It's just... Uh... There's Especially no... when he refuses to say who has play calling duty. Yeah, absolutely. Which is again, what? What are, and... you, what are you hiding? <laughs> <laughs> and then, so that's fucking ridiculous. Then this play pissed off Adam Gase. I don't know why. Genuinely, does it make him look bad? Worse than everything Adam Gase does. <laughs> Don't know how this reflects poorly on you, Mr. Gase. Um, but because he decided to look bad on him or that it angered him, irritated him, rubbed him the wrong way, he fired Greg Williams. Adam Gase fired Greg Williams. Which raises my second question. Why does he have that power? I have no idea. How because the is Johnsons he are crazy people. I don't understand how he has that control. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> it, it, it was a terrible call for a team that was playing well and needed the win, which we were not and did not. And if that was if this was a different team in a different season, that was a fireball offense what Greg Williams did. It is, a, it is not. It is the 2020 Jets. What he did was a heroic act. And I... But still, why? 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 
does does the head coach have the ability to fire his defensive coordinator seemingly just at will, like literally the next day? I don't get it. And that finally brings us to the final point of uh, why did Greg Williams run that play? It, there's no defending the play call. I don't know how you could. I mean, I'm sure there is a way, sure. I'm not, you know, that smart and all-knowing. But I just don't get how you could call a, a man defense, a single-man defense, and that no point think of, you know, stacking or doubling Henry Ruggs, who is far and away, you know, the biggest speed deep threat that they have. You know, Darren Waller had a hell of a game, but at the end of the day, you're not threatened by him burning you for 80 yards down the field the way Henry rushes. And I just, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. Why would you play anything but prevent? That's what I'm saying. I know we've all watched prevent defense burn us, you know, burn the, the, the teams for which we root and, and, and whatnot. Um, at the same time, I just checked. This play happened with five seconds left in the game. Um, yeah, why? Why not just... Burning five seconds is literally the time it would take um, for anything to happen on the field. This was the last play, no matter what. Why not just play prevent defense? And, again, I'm grateful for it. It saved the Jet season. But still, I, I mean, the only rationale there is for this is that Greg Williams knew what was at stake if the Jets won. Which, honestly, is what I will continue to believe until proven otherwise. Because it's just too crazy not to. Oh my god. Yeah, I, 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 I think Greg Williams wants to, wanted to get fired. I don't think he wanted to be the defensive coordinator for two different 0-16 teams. Uh, I honestly think that there's going to be a a major buyout coming his way now that he has ensured that the Jets will get their Trevor Lawrence at least through another week. Yeah, he's uh, he's definitely getting a steak dinner from somebody for for that performance, man. That was some real gutsy play, Con. I've never seen anything quite like it. I'm, uh, he, you know, he, he's a real pioneer of our time. It's one of those things, though, where like even if it did work out and the Jets won, I'm not sitting looking and saying, "Wow, that was a that was a tough call, but it worked out and it was the right thing to do." And and you had to have the balls to call it, otherwise, you know, you're playing weak and and there's just no there's just no other way to do it. No, no, like it's still the wrong play. It's not subjectively wrong; <laughs> it is objectively wrong. Oh yeah. I mean, absolutely. This was ridiculously stupid. Unless it was a covert operation to help the Jets lose. In which case, it was brilliant. Outside of that, this is ridiculously stupid. Yes, sir. Uh, which I, I guess is a, is a good segue over to um, the Ravens. So, the Ravens played a football game last night. And that's a point of contention. <laughs> as uh, as was the last game the Ravens played, uh, because God damn it, the NFL fucking sucks, man. So so last okay. night for us, which was two nights ago for you, if you're listening, um, <laughs> at least if listening the day this game this episode got released, the uh, the the Ravens played the Dallas Cowboys and won. Yay! They won thirty four to seventeen. wasn't particularly close at any real point during the game. Uh, but right before the game started, Des Bryant got pulled off the field while he was doing his warm-ups, uh, getting told that he needed to take a COVID test because he'd gotten a positive test. That is bad. Then, despite the fact that um, Des Bryant had been on the field with other players, one would assume chit-chatting, bumping elbows, being near them, and whatnot, um, the NFL said, well, it can't get past Dez and then play the game. I, and I, that is just confounding. 
just at the, at the most surface level, how you would allow them to continue this game when someone who is on the field surrounded by the rest of the team would test positive, and at no point it would never occur to you to say, hey, this is, by all means, the definition of close contact. You know, I know the definition they're using is like 15 minutes of within X amount of feet. Regardless, there's no way you could say that it wasn't fulfilling of those standards. He's in the wide receiver room with all the other players. He's in the offensive meetings. He's with the team throughout, you know, their day and, and being on the practice field. They're running around. They're not wearing masks. It's it's crazy. And they just I, didn't want to cancel the game. Yeah, I, I can't help but think that if this was a practice, you know, if this was just a Ravens practice, the facility would be closed for the day. After this happens, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like absolutely. that's what that's what usually happens, right? You a, a player, you know, you find out gets tested positive, even if he's not in the building when they find out the, about the positive test result, they usually still cancel practice anyway, so that they can test everybody again before everyone comes back to the facility, right? Mm-hmm. That is the standard. This is a game. That means however many people are there for practice, yeah, double that. And then add in all of the physical exercise being done by twice the people. I, I, I don't get it. I, I, again, man, like, yes, we, you and I, Corwin, understand the logistics of canceling this game right as it's about to start is terrible. That is in large part. Because the NFL didn't want to figure out what the fuck they would ever do if this happened. And did nothing to prevent this. Um, But I get it. That sucks. At the same time, you can't just look at 103 other NFL players and say, eh, well, fuck you guys. As well as all the coaching staffs involved. And all the people that those people go home to. It's a nightmare. I just... I'm so sick of hearing this garbage. And and they just went through the shit last week. They just went through the shit with the Ravens last week. And this is after dealing with this bullshit with the Titans earlier in the season, where it seemed to go on for way longer than it should have with, you know, the Titans constantly getting new positive tests and, you know, weird shit happening with their scheduling and whatnot. They we just, just went through this. Do we just not hold them accountable enough? Well, no. You and I keep watching the fucking games. Well, I, I, I do not watch them legally, but yeah. I, I also do not. All right. So then we don't support them. Yeah, we're no, we, 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 we're good. They don't get our money. Um. I the the NFLPA has to be has to start stepping in about something some of this because and and again it's the short sightedness that we talk about with 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 sports leagues so often the short sightedness of the situation if they had handled the Ravens better when they were facing the Steelers and gave that team more time to quarantine players test everyone several times over the course of several days to get a full scope of who was sick and who was not and then take steps proceeding that, they probably wouldn't be in this situation. But the NFL didn't prep out what they would have to do if a team, the Steelers, got fucked twice in the same season in regards to the team they were playing getting sick with COVID. They couldn't schedule that shit out or at least didn't really feel like it. So they kept delaying that game forcing it to happen eventually anyway, which forced all those Ravens players who probably didn't know whether or not they were sick, some of them being sick, 
to keep coming to practice or at least working out in groups anyway because they kept having to be ready for when a game was going to happen. Because the NFL decided that was more important. And surprise, surprise, a week and a half later, actually nearly two weeks because that original Steelers game was supposed to be the Thanksgiving game. So nearly two weeks later, the Ravens are still dealing with this shit. Because the end, and it's not this, it's not the it's not Des Bryant's fault that he got sick. This is the NFL's fault. It's not even the Ravens' fault that much that, that they're dealing with it at this point. Because the NFL was fucking them now. How are the Ravens supposed to have a healthy team if the NFL never gave them time to actually quarantine and figure shit out? Man, uh, I don't even have an answer for you. I know it's rhetorical to begin with, but I I, I can't even play devil's advocate here anymore. I just I don't want to defend them. I'm not going to defend them. There is no defending them. It's just uh, it's just it kills me. It it is it is absolute malarkey. As our as our incoming president would say. Absolute malarkey. <laughs> I mean, I... Again, man, it, I, it doesn't even make sense selfishly from the NFL's perspective. It doesn't even make sense in their own self-interest why they would do this. Having a healthy team is good for business. I just have, I have nothing left of love to, I have no fucking, no, I'm giving up, no. Fuck that sentence. I didn't want to say it anyway. Yeah, fuck you, Corwin sentence. Uh, I, I mean, it really makes you wonder what else could possibly happen with, with the Ravens at this point. I, I mean... If if Dez has got it, I'm not going to be surprised if you tell me more Ravens players are to come out in the next few days. Also positive, right. I, I think, which is terrible. But my God, right? I think things are just kind of going to get uh, a little hairy around the NFL for the next uh, next couple days, next couple weeks, even just because. Uh, I can't imagine they do anything to come close uh, to redeeming themselves or, you know, really straightening the arrow with how they're dealing with all this. Oh, man. They, uh, it's like, it's like they want you to hate them. It really is. I, I, we've done nothing and we're all out of ideas. (laughs) What do you want? (laughs) To the extreme. I mean, really. They have done... They had so much time to put in a contingency plan. And they chose to do nothing. It is a perplexing decision-making process. Well, I guess uh, Des Bryant... You are now my favorite Ravens player of all time because, you know what, you just will continue to tank their ability to perform. I mean, they did still score 34 points. Shut up. That still seems like it's a lot of points, you know? Yeah. Anyway. Um, I guess that's really it for the NFL. Is there anything else exciting happening in the NFL? Uh, yeah, Aaron Donald is on pace for his lowest graded season per PFF. You know, our favorite scouting website uh, for you know judging players because it is 100% accurate all the time. Uh, Aaron Donald is on pace for his lowest graded season in four years. He is still highest graded defender in the NFL with a 93.0 rating. And that is just crazy. Cut him. Honestly, yeah, do it. Cut him. See what happens. Fucking won't. Do it. Uh, you won't. That's that's fucking crazy, though. God damn. But yeah, that's all I got for the NFL. 
All right. Uh, that's kind of it, I guess. You know, there, there's some, some baseball things have happened, and we're, you know, we're going to talk about them more uh, probably on Sunday. Uh, Dick Allen passed away, which is really heartbreaking since he never got to see the Hall of Fame, um, which has been a point of contention in baseball fandom for a number of years now, and I have a lot to say about it. Um, so, but we figured it'd be best suited for something we could frame some more numbers around in addition to a greater conversation about who is currently on the ballot uh, for the Hall of Fame this year. So we're going to save that for Sunday as well, but uh, quick shout out to, to Dick Allen, um, the, the, the man, the, the baller, uh, his family, uh, everybody. He was a great dude and he, uh, he was involved with the Negro League Baseball Museum, if I can give that another quick shout out great place run by a great dude bob kendrick's the fucking man love bob um so check that out comb through fucking dick allen's uh, uh baseball reference page just to be reminded how fucking great he was but we'll talk about that more on sunday uh or for monday's episode i should say we record those on sundays but uh for monday's episode but uh so baseball will be reserved for uh, football days Sunday and uh, I guess that's kind of it for the week Corin anything else to add before we jump out uh, I don't have anything alright well if you want to follow the show on Twitter you can do so at JuicingPod if you want to hit us up via email you can do so at JuicingTheNumbers at gmail.com and until Monday y'all have a good one bye